This is a conversation with Dries Lombard. Um, I would love to talk today with you about coaching from, from multiple perspectives. First off, a genuine question of what is coaching, which to me actually in one way boils down to the question of why would anybody ever pay somebody for coaching? Mm. Why? What's the reason mm. for that? So mm. I'm less interested in the, oh, coaching is different from consulting in this or that because, yeah, that's cool. But for me, it's really about this. What's the value that a coach or coaching offers to somebody's life and to somebody's career? That would be my first question I would really love to explore with you. And then also how coaching an individual relates to somebody in a team or somebody in, a, in an environment and how these two layers, because coaching is usually kind of working with one individual or sometimes with a small group, but then they always interact in a bigger circle of people. And how does this coaching one-on-one -on -one and the <laughs> team network therein relate? Mm -hmm. Those would be two questions I would love if we can get to today. Okay, that's good. So, so, so let's start with, with the first one, an important question on, on what is coaching or why coaching. Um, if, it's, if it becomes relevant, I may share some slides, but I'd, I'd actually like just to talk about it more. Um, because it's, I think that's uh, the whole coaching area is extremely vague, you know, it's, it's gray. Um, and there's many reasons for it, it's new. So that's mm -hmm. one reason. And it's totally non-regulated. It's not regulated, which I think is not necessarily a good thing, but there's positives also about it. So the, the, the part of the confusion in terms of coaching comes in that with the fact that everybody could give themselves out as being a coach, especially things like life coaching, etc. cetera. Um, and and that, that makes makes it quite difficult to, to understand because you will have various people connecting with you in coaching and each one follows a total different methodology or philosophy or competencies and so and, um, and, and you know so, so I understand that if I train coaches as well I, I like to start off by asking them you signed up for this training so what do you think you're going to be trained in? And then it's all over the show, you know? Um, and, and therefore, I think most training programs do clarify and differentiate between things like coaching, mentoring, counseling, consulting, et cetera, uh, because there's such a confusion. But Lucas, what I, what I see is, is to, to simplify it more than just give elaborate definitions is, is the one thing that makes coaching, uh, I think, different of, uh, and, and what you should get from a good professional coach is it is directly tied to personal development. Um, the, the coach's intention and the coach's competency when they work with a client must leave the client more developed, better, and more able than when they started. Um, and and Simply in that effect, it's, it's already different than, for instance, consulting, because a consultant gives you answers and they tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and 
a, a true competent coach that's true to, to the industry uh, will refrain from giving you the steps or answers that they believe is necessary. They will be very focused on, <clears throat> um, on developing through listening and asking questions. Uh, but asking it in such a way that they have a process or a model in mind that they guide you to actually practice your thought pattern and, and practice your decision-making and practice your pro whole processing of <clears throat> personal decision-making. Uh, and, and by far the, the most uh, people, uh, if you look at statistics in research, most people that that acquire a coach um, do it in order to find a breakthrough or movement in terms of launching something new in their life, trans transferring from one stage to another. It may be a new business, a new relationship, a new venture. Um, it may be practical, it may be emotional, it may be in thinking, it may be very personal, it may, it's, it's various ways in this. But a skilled coach would understand that they should, through the process of active listening and powerful questioning, just to mention two things, should be able to guide you to get, experience the, the aha moments, experience the, the, the feeling that I have it inside of me to do this. And therefore, a coach, Lucas, will always work themselves out of a client. They'll always get to a point where you are not needed anymore. All right. Um, that, that's the essence of being good, is that you get to a point where, where a, a client can agree with you and say, coach, I don't need you anymore. And you go, yes, I'm successful. You don't need me anymore. Even if you come across new challenges, new obstacles, new stuff, you now have an ability and a framework and a development inside you to know how to engage with it, to understand your own thinking, feeling, and behaving. So, so can, um, if I can just come in there, because what you are sharing here sounds to me actually super close to what a sports or musical coach would also be. It's in a way you're developing somebody's abilities. You help them to become better at something. And yeah. that's the sports coach. So if you have a basketball coach, you will identify certain things that you can work on. They will help you to actually see what you can work on and they will then help you to, um, to improve these things. And in one way, a, a skilled coach, whether it be a life coach or a business coach or whatever, does that too, but does it with, in one way, very high level um, skills, which are skills like, how do you think about things? How do you um, make a decision? How can you look at a situation and find new possibilities? And through coaching somebody through that again and again and again and again your clients are actually learning these high level processes and 
there are probably other layers there as well, including like, how do I react to a situation that they might be uh, overwhelmed by? Do I get overwhelmed? No, if they do that often enough with me, will they get overwhelmed? Maybe not anymore. So we're practicing these high level skills. Would that be a fair summary of what you just shared? Yes, and, and absolutely. And sticking with your analogy of sports, so if you look at sports, when, when you start out with, say, youngsters, school kids, the, the, uh, the whole function of a coach then is more to be a trainer. I'm going to teach you the game. I'm going to train you how to play. I'm going to develop basic skills. But if we look at professional coaches with world-class teams, in most cases, actually in all the cases, I think, the players are by far more skillful and knowledgeable and all than the coach. So what's the role of the coach then? The role of the coach is to perceive. It's perception. It's to observe. So the coach in sport on that level must observe team-wise and individual-wise and be so knowledgeable in the area of the specific sport or in coaching in the specific industry also, that you can identify patterns of weakness, patterns of strength, patterns where skill is lacked or you go off course, and then help someone discover new ways to overcome it without you being better than the person, without you being a better player. And, and that's the one reason that, for instance, a coach does not, and I'm talking about things like professional executive and life coaching now, a coach does not have to be an expert or guru in the industry. You, because you're not there to give answers. <laughs> you, you, you actually don't even have to understand the industry that someone is in. Um, so you, you can coach someone who's an uh, actuary in finances and very well uh, qualified and experienced and coach them in a specific area. And you yourself as a coach can be completely clueless about numbers and money. If you have the competencies of observation, listening, understanding where someone gets stuck and how to move forward, because that's the main thing. Two, two, two words, it's to help people get unstuck, where they stuck, and then move forward. Because the major difference between coaching and then counseling or therapy is coaching always looks ahead. Therapy and counseling always look back. So as a coach, you can listen and get information of what happened, but you're not focusing on fixing the past. You're not focusing on healing someone. You look towards the future and you're focusing on behavior and patterns of thought and someone developing their own strategies and decisions and motivation to get out of it. So interestingly enough, and, and this is also again a fine line that some coaches, I think, willingly or, or knowingly or unknowingly abuse, but as a coach, even if you coach someone and they do not get to a point where they make specific decisions, uh, 
to get to the way that they want to, you as coach did not fail. The client failed. All right. Because it's, and, and this is, the, the, I think, when it comes to coaching, this is one of the most difficult things for many coaches to embrace. It took me years to get over this, this whole idea of it's not about you as the coach. It's about the client. It's not about your decisions, your knowledge, what you think is best. It's always about the client, where they are, what they believe to be best. And sometimes that can be very tough. As a coach, you can hear a client going in a direction and making decisions that in your perspective is a bad move. And you can help the client to observe it and to say the one area where you believe they must go and the area where they're going. And after they see it, they still choose the, the area that you think is not good. It's not about you, it's about them. So then you, you let them go there and you let them, because it's about it's about learning, it's them developing, you know, and, and not holding them back through even a painful process of discovery and learning. Which, which would again be very much consistent with the sense of you're helping them or a co good coach helps them to develop their capacities and developing their capacities can only work if they actually use their capacities. And that means making their own decisions, making their own mistakes, learning from their mistakes. Um, all of so, those steps are absolutely necessary, but it's not possible to, to develop your own capacities of thinking, perceiving, etc. if somebody gives you all the answers. Absolutely. Um, uh, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. Um, it's not about what you feel or you think is best. Uh, but but truly about the client. But in this, there must be an immense foundation of, of trust and safety, uh, both ways. Um, so <clears throat> a, a coach must also be extremely honest about their style and their approach. And I think what, what's, what many coaches lack is in their uh marketing of themselves if you go and look on their profiles on linkedin or wherever most nearly all coaches they they tell people what they do and they tell them what models they use and to me that's the least important it's important but the least important the most important that people should know is who you are who are you where do you come from what are you great at and not so great at? What do you believe and don't believe in? So will there be a connection and a match between coach and client? Um, in, in, in the competencies of coaching, and if you think about a, a body like the ICF, they talk about the, the agreement between coach and client. And agreement is more than what are you going to pay me and when do we meet? Agreement is a connection of do we agree this to be built on trust and a safe space and so both ways. So that I may ask you the difficult questions. I may really zoom in what I think is needed to assist you to move forward. And you uh, 
have trust enough and I have trust enough in the client, in your abilities, that I will allow you to make your own decisions. Because I trust that the answer is within you. And the, the, the best person who knows the best your abilities context is you, not me. Which, which also means that, again, this is the job of the coach is to make sure you see everything about a decision or everything where I have a sense of, hey, it's really important to look there and ask this question, but then what you make with that, what you, which decision you make is not up to me, full stop. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Therefore, one of the core competencies of a good coach is uh, the skill of asking questions that comes from the skill of active listening. And, and that is something that truly only comes from experience. You need a lot of experience to actively listen and then ask meaningful and spot on types of questions, not to keep someone busy in their mind all the time and trying, but to help them explore themselves, explore their own feelings, their own behavior, their own thinking, and then come to a point where they get unstuck. Um, so it, it's truly a, uh, like a an experiential method of schooling. If you think about schooling, you get many school systems that's providing on spoon feeding, read this book, study this. Now you do an exam, you give the answers that I want. That would not be coaching. Coaching would be explore where you want to learn and go, go there and ask me where you need support when you get stuck. Don't give me the answers and I tell you it's right or wrong. Um, and, and that's where coaching, I think, is so meaningful and impactful as a profession and why the feedback that research gives, credible research done by companies like Gallup and, and et cetera, um, shows that coaching is, is way more impactful and value for time and money than for instance, training um, or even consulting. Of course, people go to training and they sit and listen, okay? But they're not involved and it's not personal to them. But the moment if you engage with a skillful coach, you become involved. And that brings me to the other point of, of, of coaching. Uh, again, a difficult thing that a coach needs to learn over time is I remember I did not understand it when I, when I years ago went through my training, I had a mentor who always told me, she said, if it feels like you're working when you're coaching, you're failing. If it seems like the client is working extremely hard, you're succeeding. You see, the, the client must do the work, not you. The client must engage, the client must think, the client should struggle, the client should be confronted with themselves or their environment, and you should stay out of it. So another saying is, get out of the way, coach, get out, don't shield them from this, let them go through it, but be there to be kind of the provider, like a guide with a roadmap. Um, so another great analogy of coaching that I believe works is 
if you have a, an area of nature that someone wants to explore and say there's a, a forest and a mountain and rivers and it's a huge area where you can go hiking, etc. And then <clears throat> you as the coach should know the area broadly, but not intimately, but you should know how to engage walking through a forest, how to cross a river, how to climb a mountain. You should understand the basics of that. And then you should ask the client, where do you want to go? And they will say, I want to get to the top of that mountain. Okay. Now, if you're a consultant or even a mentor or a teacher, you will tell them the easiest way to get there is with this route. Follow me. I'll take you. Then you're a tour guide and they do no work. They just follow you and get to the top. If it's coaching, you tell them which way would you like to go in order to get to the top? Would you like to do bundu bashing through this? Would you like to explore through, through, through caves or, or forest or rivers? Where would you like to go? What are you? And they will say, well, I think I want to go this way. You can understand that that's a difficult way, but you say, let's go. And then you let them walk in front and you're right behind them and you tell them, let's go. If you get stuck, let's stop and talk about this. And let's see what I can assist you by asking you if you're still going in the right direction that we should still engage. And at the end, here's the amazing thing of it. When you get to the top, it might have been through a very difficult route. You, you can, you, the client might have chosen a route that's extremely hard. Um, there might have been lots more obstacles and all of that. But here's the point that makes coaching for people so well worth it. They did it. They got to the top. They did it. And therefore, when they're at the top and they look back and they see, whoa, now, coach, I took a very difficult route. They say, you, you as a coach, you say, I know. You said, but coach, there's a much easier route. Why did you not tell me to go there? said, no, because I'm not here to tell you. I'm not a tour guide. But next time, if you come up here, now you know the most difficult route and you know the easy route and you can decide which one you want to experience. And that's the experience people should get. And if it's okay with you, because I really love what you're talking about and I actually think it relates very closely to... Um, to one of the models I'm currently thinking about, and maybe we can then use that as a, as a kind of a, as a starting point. Because I've been thinking a lot about this, what is coaching? And to me, I've come on one level to pretty much the points you are describing right now, which seems to me, to me, the first level of coaching has three questions. Um, and these questions can be kind of phrased in difficult, different ways. But the first question could be a question for direction. Like, what do you want? What's your goal? Where do you want to go? Because it's not about where I want to go, but it's about uh, where you want to go or where, where, what you want. Absolutely. And I think that is true for a general, where do you want, what do you want? But it's also true for... Uh, 
a more specific, what do you want from today? Um, and yeah. the second question are, are then, uh, what are the options and choices? Yep. And that means, uh, what are the options you see? What are the kind of possibilities that exist here? Which choices could make sense, et cetera, et cetera? And the third question is, uh, how do you implement that? Yes. So that's the how. Yep. Before we even get to the how, there are a shitload of steps before that, which is what do you want clarifying that? And there are thousands of models that tell people to really understand what you want, you have to do this. It has to be smart. It has to be whatever. Um, and there are many ways to figure out what are your options, what are your choices, where are you stuck, what are other possibilities to then come back to this point of, um, okay, so how do you implement that? Yeah, exactly. So in one way, coaching is basically expanding on these three questions. What do you want? What are the options and choices? And how do you implement that? Absolutely. And therefore, uh, yes, you, you're completely right. And it, it, it looks and it looks and sounds uh, so easy mm -hmm. because it, it should be. It should be not necessarily easy to go through, but it should be very clear and simple to engage in. Um, not, it's not about being complex. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, so what, and, and therefore, a great coach will not only coach someone and not, not being needed, but often a great coach, when you coach someone, they can help themselves in future much better. They don't need to get back to you. Of course, they now know the framework of thinking and they know how to engage in it, okay? So, so it's not a thing that I'm, I'm helpless and I'm powerless. I just need the support. And what you've described is in line with most of the so-called coaching models. It's, it's in line with that. And, and the, the, the one model that I use most of the time is what is called appreciative inquiry. And I use it because it aligns so well with positive psychology and asking what's right with you and not what's wrong with you. So, and, and the, the, the four steps in that is very in line with your three steps. You, after you, you ask, where do you want to go or what do you want to achieve or what's the challenge here? What's the agreement? And the agreement is what should the outcome be? Then it's basically four bases. The first is what we call to discover. And what do you discover? You discover what work, what's working right now. So let's discover what's working for you, not what's not working. Let's start with what's working. Okay. And then move them to a second space, what we call from discovery dream. So let's talk about the what you want, what could be, what should be, you know, um, and, and using questions to help them formulate that, to help them explain that, you know. And then once you have discovering where I am and what works, and then go to my dream where I want to be, then you go to design. And that is, how will I get there? Options, like you said, what's my options? And then the fourth step is what we call drive. 
what do I commit to keep on doing every day within the options to make it happen? Mm-hmm. And, and that framework of, of a disciplined, structured movement through your own clutter of thoughts or experience or so is what drives you and helps you to get unstuck and to obtain a new reality or a new goal. Yeah, so basically that is the same three steps just with the what's working right now in yeah. before it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the power the power in, in all of this when, when we say about uh, questioning and using questions, the power of it lies not in this fact that you ask questions. Power is in the thoughts that people can engage. And, and to help someone to really think deeper than they used to. Mm-hmm. So, so for instance, one, one of the skills that's extremely difficult for many coaches to acquire is the skill of keeping silent after you've asked a question. If you ask somebody a question to shut up, get out of the way, be quiet. They are thinking, let them, okay? And if it, if it takes a long and an uncomfortable time, it's good. That's where the processing should happen, all right? So you, you should help them engage different ways of, of thought and that you stimulate through question, all right? And often in the mind, what you do from a point of, of engaging the mind and understanding how the mind works, you can take them forward and then bring them back. Let me give you an example of what I think is one of the most powerful questions that a coach can use to do this. So if, if, if you would come to me and we talk about something that you would like to obtain, what I would typically ask you is I would say, Lucas, imagine it's 18 months from now and we are talking, but it's 18 months later, all right? So it's in 2023 now, okay? And you're sitting there, you're hugely excited. You're extremely happy. You are so content. You phoned me and said, Dries, we must talk. I must tell you, I must share with you my excitement, all right? That's the emotional space you're in 18 months from now. Now, here's my question. Explain to me what changed between now and then to make you feel that way. Now, can you see what what that question does? Mm -hmm. It takes you forward 18 months. It takes you to the emotion, excitement. It takes you to the reality of where I am and the difference between frustration towards possible excitement. And then it challenges you to verbalize it what has changed is the options. If someone tells you, well, what has changed is I, I resigned my job and I started the new business and I did a training and all of that, US code say, okay, you've just mentioned many options that should be done to get there. It's in you. Now let's unpack each one of them and see what will it take. And, and that's the, the, the process that you guide people through. And so you just said the power is in the thoughts. I, I, would, I would potentially expand on that because I think the power is in the thoughts 
the decisions, which are thoughts too in one way, but then also the actions somebody takes. And the actions somebody takes are out of your control. Absolutely. And the thing you can do is help them think clearly, choose clearly, but then the actions are up to them. And that's what you said earlier about, in one way, the coach, like even if they fail, even if they don't do, it's not your fault. Yes. And, and then challenging people on where they could do a lot more than they think they have. You know, there, there's, a, there's a line that I like to use for myself and for clients where I say the universe response to action not thought thinking something will not change it what would change is if you do something so that's the first part that you must embrace the second part is have you really done enough okay for for instance uh, say you want um, help from a department at a store and you need to get information so now you start phoning and you phone and you get people but they can't help you now you write an email and they don't reply and now you come back and you say you know i don't know i i'm not going to do this and i say why not you said well i phoned six times i spoke to three people they can't help me i wrote four emails uh, so it's not working we must find someone else here's my response that you really think you, you did enough. And so I will say, yeah, I, okay. So uh, what, about, what about driving there, going in, refusing to move and say you want to speak to someone and don't move from the counter until you get your problem resolved. Don't move, stay there. What about doing that? And then people will go, whoa, that's a bit radical. Say, Oh, so you don't want to do radical stuff to change your future or your outcome. You don't want to do that, you see? So often, often people are conditioned by society or a website that said, if you have a problem, email us. And now they think that's all I should do, all right? Or I, want, I think about an example of a client of mine who wanted to do studies and, and, and she was not... Um, she was older, but not, did not have all the qualifications. So she tried to get into training institutes and she was rejected, I think five or six times by different institutions. And I asked her this, I said, oh, so she said, I don't think I must continue with, with the studies or training because I tried six places, they reject me, they say I don't. And I did this, I told her, so, so why are you stopping now? She said, well, with each one of it, there's an application form and you fill it in, you send it in, and then they say yes or no, and everybody said no. And then I asked her, what more can you do? She said, nothing, I said, not true. What more can you do? Where does that application form go, all right? Can you speak to someone either over the phone or in person that handles that and tell them your story? And she was thinking, she said, yeah, but that's not the process. I said, exactly, that's why you fail course you follow the process I don't think your dream is big enough and then she got upset with me she said this is my dream for my life I said I don't think so because you're not willing to fight for it uh, long long story short she ended up uh, getting someone on the phone getting an appointment 
wenting, went to someone who's higher up explaining, and they were so impressed by her passion that they accepted her and she's studying now. She could have stopped with the process that they told her is the natural process. But if you guide them to say, the universe will respond to action and more action that you think. And, and what you said, that's my point with the story, is what are you willing to do? And me, as a coach, I'm going to inspire you from behind. I'm going to tell you, don't turn around. You haven't done enough. Keep on going. If, if a client then get to a point where they tell me, back off, I don't want to do more. Then I say, all right, good, I'll back off. Because it's not about me, it's about you. But then accept what's going to happen. It's about agreements. And it's about yep. constantly renegotiating the agreements. And um, when you speak about the, uh, the universe response to action, it's one of my favorite book titles of all time is the book title, um, God works with you, not for you. Which yeah. I find hits the nail on the hat, on the head. Like whether you believe in God or not, but just that picture for me is the essence of what, what you're talking about there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I would like to, to maybe expand what we're talking about a tiny bit, because this is, this is the thing I've, I think I've been thinking about the most, which is you do, how much time do you have today? Do you still have a bit? Yeah, I have about 30 minutes still. Okay. So let's try to do it in 15. So you also have a break. Um, but um, because you spoke about, uh, so these, the, these three steps I named, for me, uh, are what I would consider the results-oriented or the outer coaching. But then let's stick with your example of, uh, have you done enough? What if you just call them? And if somebody says something like, I would like to, but I'm scared. How do you deal with that? Like, how, what would your response to that be? And where do you see the job of a coach in that? Okay. So <clears throat> I think part of, of coaching uh, definitely goes towards awareness of self, which means a deeper awareness of uh, patterns of thought, emotion, and behavior. And if someone comes up with words like scared, they play towards the emotional side. And although coaching is not therapy where you engage in the past, what it is is awareness. So what I would do is to help the person unpack the reality of that fear. What are you afraid of? So, so tell me, explain to me your fear. Explain what you feel. How, how does it make you feel? Do you get you know, your heart pumping? Do you sweat or what happens? And then, so confront it. But then also tell me what can happen here? What's the worst that can happen? All right. And, and that for me in, in terms of, of being afraid is often something that helps a lot with clients. If you can help them explain the absolute worst that can happen. And, and I usually push them further than that. They thinking about the worst. So they could say, um, well, the, the, say, say for instance, um, someone can throw down a phone in my ear. And I say, no, I don't think that's the worst. I think there's much worse things that can happen. And 
is they say, well, like what? I say, let's think. Let's. How about they uh, find you and start terrorizing you and even want to sue you? Um, and they go like, that's ridiculous. And I say, oh, if it's ridiculous, the worst is ridiculous. Let's face then the worst. That won't happen. So putting down a phone in your ear, what's the consequence of that? Apart from what it, that you may feel rejected. Then they realize that this, this fear they have, this uh, whole picture of something appearing real, but it's not real, it's what they should face and then confront. Okay. And helping them then to, to practice it step by step. And, and that's the important thing in coaching as well. If you can let someone, uh, a, an agreement with someone to go and just do one thing that they feel will be a breakthrough, one thing that they could engage in that they would not have done before this session. And then you talk them through that again. That's progress. Remember at the start, I told you it's about personal development. That's what you want to do, personal development, but you want to do it in terms of their awareness. And in terms of, of they, there may be instances, and I've had it where someone uh, needs more, uh, for instance, where someone really have an issue that needs counseling or therapy. Now, I'm not qualified to do that, so I refer them. I would tell them, listen, I can give you names of people I know and trust, and I think you must work through this issue before you get back to me. That's a different conversation. That should also be an option for a coach. Mm -hmm. Get out of the way so someone else professional can get in. But for you as a coach, if you keep on challenging things like fear, like um, uh, uh, a, a hesitance that they have, like vulnerability, you know, um, and why why are they afraid for for being vulnerable? What and often this comes back to belief systems. What they've been trained or, or raised to believe to be true. And what society or whatever told them is acceptable and not acceptable. So the liberation they get from understanding, whoa, I've got a lot more movement and ways to go here than I thought. And I'm actually much freer than I think. That's the breakthrough where they go. And even if, even if they don't achieve their goal, often what they do achieve is growth. Mm -hmm. and, and that's precious because that takes them forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I like your, your take on the, on the unpacking the reactions and actually confronting what's there, like confronting the inner world. To, to me, this is where I've been thinking about, because I do have quite a substantial training background in therapeutic approaches. And I don't think everybody has to because it's outrageous that everybody should have to. But there are, like one of what you're using there is a very known therapeutic approach of reframing and yep. uh, exaggerating and all of those things. But this is actually for me the, the main part of what I've been thinking about also with regards to what I think could serve a lot of people in the coaching space very well are clear methods on how to deal with these inner challenges. So for me, in my, in my drawing, that, that would have been um, 
and I, I would just like to know your your opinion on this because I find it interesting. That would have that would uh, play in the field of so what's happening between these steps internally, like in our inner world, and that we that we face specific things. So a lot of times between what do I want and what are my options, there are all sorts of beliefs. Uh, there are all sorts of um, potentially patterns of behavior of seeing the world that that I can stay stuck in so that actually I don't see many of the options I have available because in my belief system, they don't even exist. So exactly. a lot of times it can be really important to challenge these. And in, yes. in my language, that would mean challenging the parts of us that actually have these limiting beliefs that have these patterns. Sure. It can oftentimes be in my experience when I support somebody towards what do you want that we later find out, wow, the things you think you want is, are not actually what you want, but they're based on old motivations or even like uh, childhood fears mm. where actually when we get closer to what you want, you notice this is not really what I want. And then sometimes it can be really important to look at these too. Absolutely. And, and then this is what I've taken away most from our conversations is that between what are your options and how do you implement this sustainably, please understand your yourself and your strengths so mm. that you don't try to actually build it on something that isn't existent, but you yeah. build it on your energy. Absolutely. So that I think a lot of times to take a step in the outer world, we first have to take a step inside to kind of clear the space again yeah and that's kind of the way i look at it i agree absolutely it's so well put and and within that also to realize that you you don't necessarily have the whole makeup of talents or strengths or beliefs to get something done so support is so important not only professional support but support from people close to you um, to to make up for what you don't have and and what you don't bring you know and and through the the whole that's why i love positive psychology so much because it's it 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 forms something that draws you towards your goal because it's positive and you can really move towards an, a desire and focusing on what you have not what you lack and then also confronting what you lack, not to try and replace it with something to make it, but to say, how can I get support in this? How can I upskill or get someone to help or outsource or whatever to do that? And it's, it's very strange how unaware people are often about themselves and others. And, and they don't have the, the, the words or the or the frameworks to put it and to confront the beliefs in it. Because I think one of the most limiting beliefs that people have is to, to believe that we all believe the same. So we think everybody is afraid of this or everybody is skilled in that. And it's not true. And that's why I love what we spoke in previous episodes about the strength-based approach, because it gives a language of difference and a language of respect and a language of understanding and awareness to engage. So when I do 
coaching journey with people, it, I will always revert back to who you are. And, and within that process that we spoke about, starting with a discovery on a dream and steps and options, I will always come back and say, let's, let's look at your strengths again. So let, let's look at that within these dream. What strengths do you have that you can rely on? Within the, the options, what can you rely on? What do you have? Where's your energy strongest? Let's build the practical part around what you have strongest and the needs you have. And then let's see how we can get support in other ways. Yeah. And I, I so agree with that. And that's actually, for me, the biggest learning of this past year is a deeper appreciation of these of these strengths and especially an appreciation of these strengths as energy i think that for me that was the bigger breakthrough is this oh it's not just about what are you good at it's actually what what gives you energy so that yeah. that's been a, a biggie for me but i think not just this talent language is missing i i personally also see the same happening with our with our limiting beliefs and what i would consider the, the parts aspect to us we all have many parts and i would personally say usually it's not us that has these limiting beliefs but it's a specific part of us and once we can identify that part and i can actually even see wow this part is so scared of that but not all of me I suddenly have a freedom I didn't have two minutes ago. And having the psychological tools to be able to support people in that can also be massively freeing. So this ability to work with somebody's parts and even their old woundings, but not in a way that we have to go all the way into them, but in a way that we can create um, respectful separation from them. We don't have to cut them off, but we can create respectful separation. And that's okay. really that's really the thing I'm trying to figure out how to put that into a coaching framework rather than a therapeutic framework right now. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I I, I love the way you describe that. It's it's really spot on. I think you you nailed it right there. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Because respectful separation was the first time I've used that phrase, but it, I think that is uh, that's good. You pretty correct. <laughs> You should coin that. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't get to teams, but we got to what is coaching. That's good. Yeah. Maybe we can get to, to teams in another episode. I would really like that because I still have to, I still want to understand what this distinction between roles and positions and all of those things is. I don't think I fully understood that, but I'm curious. But maybe to close down for today, any last thoughts on this? On this. <laughs> <laughs> this small thing called coaching. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think there's two sides to, um, to coaching. The one is, is for as, aspiring, aspirational coaches who's exploring and thinking, what is this? And I want to maybe become a coach. And I would just say for them is, is go out there with an open mind, but be very solid in your research. Because there's such a huge variety of, of options for training, etc. And um, it's not always the most expensive that's the best. It's not always the longest that's the best. 
it's not always the oldest that's the best. Um, and I think I think go out and, and, and look for a connection in the type of approach and framework that excites you, that you connect with, um, that you feel that I can stick with this, not only during the training, but afterwards, and it will energize me. And, and then similarly to, to people who is considering to, to get a coach, uh, again, uh, do the same, do, do deep research. I think uh, the right credentials is important, experience is important there. Although it's not regulated, we do have bodies in the world like WBEX and ICF that looks after coaches and give them a type of training credential and so go go look at that. Make sure that you don't fall for the first best offer that, that comes up and, you know. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's, it's about growth and it's about engaging um, as a coach or a coachee in a process of impact and a process of discovery and growth. That will make the difference. It's not about information. It's not about giving answers but it's about a learning curve and a, and a growth curve that you go in. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying about the fit of, because it's, it's always a fit. It's a fit for you as a coach, which, which model fits me, but it's, also, it's even more a fit of, does this coach fit me? And that's actually part of why I'm trying to come up with this really simple model right now, because to me, a lot of the coaching models I've ever looked at are really convoluted and not, they don't really help to bring clarity. Um, so for me, this is about like giving people a really simple way to think about this so they can check for themselves. What tools do I have to ask people what they want? What tools do I have to ask people? What are the options? What tools do I have to support them implementing? And also what tools do I maybe have on the inside? Like how can I help them confront beliefs? How do I maybe understand how a person functions? Mm -hmm. And that way I as a coach can think about that, but also as a client, I have concrete um, kind of things I can measure a coach against. Does this coach help me to understand what I want? If they don't, what are they doing? Do they help you to find out more options? If they don't, what are they doing? Like it, that's why I'm trying to come up with that really simple model right now. <laughs> well, good thing. Um, uh, uh, you'll see that uh, most of the credible coach trainers, they acquire you to develop a model that works for you. That's mm -hmm. part of your training, develop your own model. So that's a good thing. <laughs> develop my own model. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So thank you very much, Dries. And I'm sure we will speak again at some point in time. Thanks, um, Lucas. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah, pleasure. Always nice talking to you. Thanks, eh? You never, you never know what's around the next corner.